Hello. Good morning. How are Good you? Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everything way up there in Cupertino, live and direct from the site of the Apple event today? Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It's very pleasant. I know we're the, starting a little bit early so that you could get, you know, in, get situated there. Why did you, why'd you have to bring that up? Which? You got to bring that up. You got to bring this up. I thought we could give people a welcome respite. Oh, it's, this is their safe haven from. Their safe harbor, as oh, you say. It's safe place to fall. Right. You can't sue us if somebody uh, uploads <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> That's right. They could DMCA our. Uh, if I our download it, notes. it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. If I touch the steering wheel. And then I touch my eye. Hmm. <sighs> oh, my little girl has her first first cold. She was in school literally one day before she got her first cold. <laughs> my daughter is still coughing. Oh she, man, she, she sounds like a syphilitic old alcoholic. Wow. <laughs> Did you hear that plosive? Hear my plosive? I was gonna say you sound a little different to me. Do I sound different? You, you sound. Tell me, I sound, tell me I sound a little better. You sound a lot better. Yeah. We should talk about that. Oh, and I heard the train better. See, this is the problem. I think it picks up everything better. Yes. That, well, that is the difference between a condenser mic, if, I, if I'm guessing right, and a dynamic mic. See, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. It makes the train very, very prominent. I like, I like prominent trains. That's uh, a great Robin Hitchcock album. <laughs> you think you're thinking Alfred. Are you talking about uh, the guy that uh, Michael Caine and uh, Alfie? Is that what you're thinking of? Do your Michael Caine. Do it. Do it. Do it. I can't. I, you know, my Michael Caine sucks. Do it. I, I, all I can do is say his name as Michael Caine. Do it. Michael Caine. See? That's not that great. No. 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 I, <laughs> I've noticed a lot of leakage in my accents lately. I started out trying to do a. a, a <laughs> you want to avoid leakage? It's that uh, it's that left-handed sugar molecule. It does that. Oh, I know what that is. That's the, that's the thing where you get those like the olestra. They call it olestra. 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 I remember hearing about anal leakage and thinking it sounded kind of unpleasant. And then they described specifically what the nature of the leakage looked like physically and felt like. Do you remember this? That basically you find stuff in your underpants that look like pizza grease. Ooh. That's yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, that's a Lester that does that. That's and how you know it. That's how you know it's working. I was, yeah, you, I had been prior to that so excited about the left-handed sugar uh, molecules. <laughs> They're and, more artistic. And then you find, yeah, that's right. That's their new album. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, you sound here? good. You sound beefier and bassier to me. I just have to watch out for my plosives. Wow, no, you really mic do sound good. Yeah, I saw in Roderick, I feel like it makes me sound old, mm-hmm. like not older, but it makes me sound as old as I am. I sound like I ate some camels. I'm not sure exactly where I'm supposed to put my face. And I got to watch my plosives, so I'm a little bit off axis. I'm sorry. Does it sound better? Yes. Would it be um, pimpy if I... Uh, God, I hate when people say that. I'm going to pimp your thing. No, but, I, wow, I love it. I'm loving this. No, I don't like when people do that, but I'd like to say thank you. May I do that? Yeah. Uh, friend of the show. Actually, you know, um, so Ira Carey Blanco. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very good friend of the show. Tall. Who I think, is that right? You yeah, met him. yeah. He has flip-flops. There's a picture of him wearing flip-flops in his Twitter picture. He rides a bike, he plays guitar, he wears flip-flops, and he sends mics to our, our co That's really unseemly. Yeah. Nice fella. He also, I believe, is responsible for the most perplexing <laughs> gift from a listener that we've ever received. <laughs> I still don't really understand. What, uh, do I know about this? Yeah, you got one. Isn't he the one who sent us some mm, pictures? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He sent us he sent us yeah. an alternate cover right. of what ASM was it an amazing Spider-Man? It was an He's, amazing Spider-Man drawn in that, that It's like it was like the G or like J cover. It was an extremely and it was it was a parody, like many of the parodies, a parody of Spider-Man. It's not the Fantasy 15, whatever. There was a famous it picture was the of first, Spider-Man. If I if I'm right, it's the I'll and I'll look it up. Um it's the one where he the first Amazing Spider-Man featuring the new black symbiotic suit. But it's famous one of him on a, and it's going to sound like every cover you've ever seen, but it's a famous cover of him swinging on a web over Metropolis. Carrying, mm-hmm. carrying a couple people. Carrying Metropolis. People. I think you're thinking of Gotham. No, no. I think you're thinking of uh, Edward Nigma. Edward Nigma is who you're thinking of. <laughs> God, did you ever read the, the very first Riddler story? <laughs> It's so freaking funny. I have you know, not read always, that. We remind me to circle back to this. Well, Dan, we got a lot of things to cover today. Um, so Ira Carey Blanco, who has three names, like a serial killer, 
but in a good way, he he sent us both of us a alternate cover of an amazing Spider-Man where Spider-Man is <laughs> carrying a bass player. Mm-hmm. And okay, so that's okay, that's awesome. But he he got it signed <laughs> by the bass player. Right. And then he sent it to us. Okay, here it is. I have the cover here. It's things are well in hand now. Okay. It is the Amazing Spider-Man number 60. Volume one, by the way. And it is, uh, I will, well, I guess I can That would be it. volume one. It says what volume it? one. I don't huh? think it's volume one, but. It's it, from like, it's like two, three years ago, isn't it? No, no. Oh, sorry. Did I say 60? It was 60 cents. It's number 252. How's that? Mm-hmm. Number 252. 252. And it, sh- it shows Spider-Man in the black suit carrying two people. And they, they often do parodies of this particular cover where Spider-Man will be carrying somebody. Oh, you were ref- Referring to the originating cover. The originating cover. Let's start over. Let's do it. And that was super nice. And uh, I still don't completely understand it, but it was it's signed by a bass player, which is really, it was, anyway, it was a super nice thing. Anyway, oh my God. Um, Ira Carey Blanco, who has three names, uh, yeah. via you, he sent me um, microphones. Now, mm-hmm. does he work at the Samson Microphone Company? Yeah, that's his, uh, that's his, uh, his rabbit, as you Is say. that his imprimatur? It is, and he's he's been there for a long time. And this is the guy who, back in 2006, when I was doing the Hive Logic radio show, I think I was you know, speaking of talking into your shoe. I was talking into a microphone that was terrible, and he listened. And he said, "Oh, I really like your show. Can we send you uh, a microphone?" And I'm like, "Yes, of course, yes, please." And I think I think they sent me a microphone in return for uh, 16 weeks of sponsorships or something like that. That's how expensive it was back then. And, uh, and I was so grateful to have this <laughs> mic. It was so wonderful. And, uh, and, and so I started out with them. And then uh, they actually, they've, they've sent me stuff all along, you know, like, hey, try this new mic. And so we try it out. And the, this recent batch, the mic, if I, if I remember right, it is the CO1U Pro. And I could even put this in the yep. show notes. That's um, the one. And it, it, is, uh, it is their, like, latest, greatest sort of high-end USB mic it's like their high end, like not entry level. That's the wrong way to put it, but it's like their their high end, like consumer podcasting mic. I think. Yeah, exactly. And they sent us one, and it was great. And they sent Dalrymple, and you won, and he's been using his for a little bit. And yeah, you sound awesome, dude. No, oh, thank you. Really it's uh, well, I you know I don't understand the voodoo uh, behind why the, whether these things work or don't. But as I think you know, yes, you do know this. I haven't been able to use. My road podcaster on this is so interesting. People I love been, this stuff. Oh, they call it inside baseball. Uh, and I, I haven't been able to use my my road podcaster on, on my Mac Pro for probably a year now because I have a horribly hacked version of Mountain Lion running on my Mac Pro, and I get a kernel panic when I plug it in. So, so anytime a new mic appears on the scene. There's the one kind of mic. You sent me a really nice mic, and but like it's a lot of trouble to set up. It sounds great, but it, there's a lot to it. Yeah. I love the convenience, and I thank you for that. The the uh, it's really nice to just be able to plug in the USB, and so yeah. I very tentatively, very lovingly, uh, consensually <laughs> plugged it in. <laughs> yes, well, always. Yes, like a gentleman. Yeah. To it might be because I'm going through this this giant Dell monitor, but in any case, it uh, it worked. And so I had to turn it way, way down. I got to watch my plosives, but it sounds good. You sound great. You want to button this up? Yeah, let's do it. Thanks to Ira Carey Blanco, who has three names uh, for sending that to us. Mm-hmm. That was really nice of him to do that. And, and the bass player. <clears throat> so a big week. Got a lot to cover this week. Got a new mic. Nothing, uh, nothing uh, else uh, really uh, going on this week, though. I put a uh, link in show notes. Dan, and as much as you can say, where would uh, listeners uh, find the show notes for episode literally 185 of your Back to Work program? Is it 185 or is it 186? Are you watching Bob's Burgers yet? Are you still holding out? This is going to be 186. Uh, 5x5.tv. Are you sure? I'm totally sure. Last (gasps) week was 185 and it was the... um, the, Oh my God. Lost what time, fugue state. Oh my God, I lost a week, Dan. Fugue state. Oh my God, I tooted the wrong thing. <sighs> Five by fivetv slash B is in Bob's Burgers, two is in the number of burgers, mm-hmm. W is in the week of burgers, slash mm-hmm. one, eight, six. 
one eight six. Uh, We've still we're still getting lots of feedback about the bike about the bike rider. <laughs> The bike rider, he's the problem. Yeah, he's yeah, the we're problem. Still getting, he's the one with the problem. He's the one with the problem. We we're still getting feedback. And I have to tell you, we got, uh, as you know, Dan, I don't like to talk about politics. I don't actually like to talk about anything. But uh, <laughs> I, I thought this was such a great link. Uh, it's very timely. And I, did you read the link? The one, what my bike has taught me about white privilege? Yeah. Yes, I did read that. I thought it was great. This was sent by listener uh, Larry, last name withheld. So now I'm doing flophouse jokes. Anyway, uh, sent us this, this wonderful uh, link. And um, I thought it was a really good piece. The long and short of it is, like, if you're a big, dumb white guy, like, presumably, Larry, last name withheld, and, and me, and I assume you're white, Dan. I, I don't really care. I'm not normative about these things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, like, it's hard, to, it's hard to get the idea of what, what people mean by white privilege. Because it's, you know, when people say that, it comes across as, as a... As a slam instead of a, an attempt to educate, mm-hmm. said, said the white man. But, uh, but there is really something to it. The, the basic premise, let's not get super deep into this, but the basic premise is that, you know, I, rem- I, re- I remember even in college when I would hear people say, oh yeah, you got the feminist rights lobby, you got the, you over here, you got the black. Uh, when do I get to have the club for white men? And I'm like, it's called Washington, D.C. Like you've got, you already run everything. Like the thing is, if you're a white dude, right a white dude in america you can show up pretty much (laughs) who's the comic i forget somebody tell me and we'll credit the comic who says that (laughs) you know white guys like we can show up pretty much anywhere and we're always going to be in charge you know and if you've grown up with that um you don't get it you don't you don't you don't feel that in your bones you haven't been places where you get tased while you're waiting for your kids to come out of a bathroom you don't get that you don't you don't have um People following you around in stores at quite the scale that a lot of African-Americans get. And this guy put this really well. He said that being somebody who rides on a, uh, around on a bike, a white guy, he realizes what that means now, which is that. And I, I totally, I instantly got what he was saying. Because if you're out on the road, I told you back in Florida, the only people who rode bikes in Tallahassee were students and people with DUIs. Like nobody like rides a bike on Monroe Street. Uh, that's another, by the way, terrific Robin Hitchcock record. Oh, nice. No, but, um, and really, he, he, I think he nails it because there's that feeling. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Captain Miriam. Uh, it's Louis C.K. Louis C.K. We'll put that in show notes. Um, uh, because there is a sense of righteous entitlement that I have felt deep in my bones as a driver. They put the roads here for us to have cars on, mm-hmm. right? And uh, anyway, this is not directed at you. It's just something that makes me go, oh, you know, that's, that's an aha moment for me to go, I get what they're saying there. And I, and I have to say, I think I'm even more sympathetic to it being somebody who rides around on, uh, you know, the public transit, you know, where, I mean, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm just shooting from the hip here, guys. I, I have a hip and I use it. But, you know, back in Florida, you know who rode buses? Like maids and people with DUIs. Right. And pretty, the, much, pretty much. And the it system was, reflected that. Yeah, it was not it, buses. And that's the funny thing is like, I remember when I lived in Florida, it had been so long since I took public transportation, like when I lived in Philly, that people would be like, you know, how, how'd you get there? Everyone had a car. So you just assume that. And then going to another city, San Francisco, another place. And I go, oh, I took the, you know, I'm, I ride the bus. I'm like, wow, dude, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It, it but really it's not is, bad if you're in a real city. Well, it's an instant signifier of hard times. Um, and, you know, it's funny when I take the bus almost anywhere, especially after having lived in San Francisco, which, you know, Muni is super frustrating. It's, it's almost, it, it, it's, it's hard to even find a metaphor or an analogy for it because it's already kind of its own analogy, which is like, to me, Muni is the canonic, canonical example of something where it works 75% well 90% of the time. It consistently sucks a little bit. And just on the days when you really need it, it eats the booger and craps the bed. So like I have to go pick up my kid at school. I know that takes exactly this amount of time on the train going to her old preschool. And then suddenly the predictions for the train go to 76 minutes and no one knows why when it should be every 10 minutes during the day. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just want to say to uh, to a listener, uh, uh, was it Larry? Larry? Uh, can I say that? Am I saying that right? Last name withheld? I think it might be Dutch. He, uh, I appreciated that article and I encourage you guys to read it because I, I think it's an eye opener um, to just realize that, you know, Along the lines of that, you know, remember you have the Canon thing. It's easy to forget that you know there's other people out there, whether that's motorcycle drivers or pedestrians or whoever. Anyway, I'm trying to become a better person, Dan. It's a project. It's an ongoing effort. I I, I lapse at it for five to seven years at a time. Some 
sometimes, but I always come back to it. It's like mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons and life drawing. <laughs> anyway, it's been a big week. I uh, got a new mic from a guy with uh, a serial killer name, yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything to add to that? Did you did you look at the article? I thought it was well written. It was a very well written article, and it's you know it's interesting because it, there are lots of ways to look at this, and I don't know. I feel like there are. You know the point. One of the points that he was making, which you you brought up, is that you know th- it, it often takes a certain kind of experience uh, or an ongoing experience in our own life to kind of give us that perspective on what somebody else's entire perspective might be like. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, oh, I I one hundred percent agree, and that that is a that is a tentpole of of the white oh, privilege. It's so it's, a, it's such a provocative phrase, but that's a tentpole of that. Is sometimes it takes something personal enough to make you realize that something is out there in a way you should have realized a long time ago. Well, and, and it's, there's also been something that's been going on a lot on Twitter and elsewhere about the, um, the whole thing with women in, in the gaming world. I hadn't been, heard anything about that. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think another thing that, you know, it's, it's tough to be able to see this from being like white and a guy, you know, we're starting out from such a different perspective than so many, uh, other people who are commenting on this and it's 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 such a sort of an easy cop out thing to be like well i you know so what or to to kind of have that attitude the of well it'll it'll get better in time well no like you have to make it better now you know yeah it's 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 super hard and super complicated um and it requires um a lot of humility um because one of the difficulties in seeing anything improve anywhere it's just, it's also difficult, but you know, a big part of it is that, um, part of the, part of the premise is that people have waited long enough for you to understand it on your terms. And that hasn't worked out. So now it's time. Now people are actually, you know, here's a way in a way that, that I'm not saying this hasn't always happened, but in a way that anybody can look at anybody with like, like half, just half a brain and a little bit of humanity can look at that and go, wow, that is a really that's a pretty terrible way to treat other people. But, you know, and I, I think I, I could fairly be um, accused uh, and convicted probably of, of being overly subtle about this. But there's something that, that I think is important. <laughs> it's always about the kids. There's something that's really important in your relationships with people. And if you're dealing with a kid, if you can make this happen, this is huge. And this is, this is old stuff, but man... Trying to teach people that there's a distinction between who you are and what you do. No, I mean, that, which is, I mean, obviously, on, on the one sense, what you do becomes who you are. But like, you know, my kid is in that phase now where she really likes saying that, that something's dumb or something's stupid. Mm-hmm. Or increasingly, in a way I don't love, because she picks us up at school, is that that person's dumb or that person's stupid. And, it, you know, and so you do the usual thing going, oh, yeah, they're silly, you know, or whatever. But, you know, the, 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 this is a very subtle thing, but when I'm talking to her about this stuff, and I, I hope this is reflected in the way that I behave, because that's the important part. But, you know, if you can say to somebody that, you know, the way that, the way that you handled this situation uh, was, was, it really hurt my feelings. Uh, you you kind of done it a lot, and I don't see any sign of you stopping it. I want to make you aware of the fact that what you're doing is, um, is kind of out of bounds. And uh, it's not cool. Like in a personal relationship, you would want to be able to have a relationship or having a, re- have a relationship where you could have that conversation with somebody. Because the other way to do that is to say, you know what? You're kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you call somebody a name or you say you are stupid rather than you're at, you, that thing you did was kind of boneheaded, mm-hmm. people are going to get defensive. I'm not saying that they, maybe they should be defensive. Maybe they're just plain wrong. But there's a, there is a subtlety to helping people understand that like, I want all of us to be better. And sometimes that will require a sea change and and how, you know, it may not happen overnight. It may happen overnight. It may happen that some some physical violence came to somebody in your life for a really stupid, random, dumb reason. And you go, okay, now I I get it. But I don't know. I just always think it's uh, the nice thing if you can pull it off. You look at a good leader, whether that's a good teacher or, uh, you know, God, somebody who's great, like a, in scouts or somebody who's your clergy person, like that person is, is good at getting you to understand that you should want to be a better person Mm -hmm. and that to have the humility to realize that there's a growth opportunity here. 
I think, you know, that's hard to do when people are yelling, but like that's eventually what gets it across. But, you know, can I give you one quick example? Like this is really stupid, but, and I should realize this, but like, I don't know why, but like my daughter, uh, she likes lots of, you know, kind of like today she wore a floor length striped skirt with a Captain America t-shirt, <clears throat> a belt and ballet flats. Nice. And, and some barrettes. And she picked out this amazing outfit. But it kind of drives me crazy. Like when she was, you know, uh, when she dresses up like, like Spider-Man, they go, hey, look, it's Spider-Girl. <laughs> I'm like, screw you. She's Spider-Man. Let her be who she wants to be. She's not Spider-Lady. Like, that's okay. Like if, if, if she's dressed as Spider-Woman and you want to acknowledge that, that's fine. That's a different character. But like, <laughs> don't feel like you it's have all, Yeah, par- it's a completely different costume. costume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know. And so that makes me go, oh, I get that. Like, I want her to be able to like, and it, sometimes it takes probably having a female kid to go like, well, or a sister, I guess, to go, you know, that's, I just want everybody to be treated nicely. God, I'm sorry I did it. I brought it up. I went there. I hear anyway, the chair, the chair is creaking. I hear it again. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's actually my shoulder. It's my shoulder. <laughs> that's your pinched, uh, mm, what on. have you. I do a stretch. Oh, that's better. So, bikes, Ira Carey Blanco, plosives. How are you doing? I'm good and real good. We're recording early today. Because, yeah, there's something um, going on up in your, uh, your neck town. of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to change everything. No, I have a feeling it'll be pretty exciting, but you know, it's good. Uh, oh, I, I, have, I have an update. I have an update. Yeah. Quick, quick uh, follow up. Sure, sure, sure. Did I told you about how my beautiful, precious, perfect, angelic, three-year-old daughter threw my wife's iPhone into the turlet, right? <laughs> it was in the turlet. And then you had, uh, you ameliorated that. Yes. And with, then with the heroic method. Okay. So a couple days ago, as everyone on Twitter, literally, literally every unique person on Twitter, literally, literally told me, well, it won't last long. It'll start flaking out and not working. And I said, okay, well, we, we know that. So we've been prepared. Backups are very good right now. If anybody gets that, it's a Buddhist. Yeah, and then the uh, eventually then, my phone will die, and it did. It did. It just oh, it no. started rebooting and rebooting and rebooting, and um, no more. So this is I just because I know people tune in specifically for this kind of update. Are my solution to that because she's so, uh, so dislikes the Android experience and phone, the HTC M eight one developer unlocked edition. That she asked for it by name. <laughs> that she dislikes it so much that what she now is using is an iPod Touch tethering to the HTC's hotspot. <laughs> so when she goes out, she has the oh, HTC One with the you know the the uh, hotspot turned on, and then she uses that that device's Wi-Fi and has an iPod Touch, and that's how she's browsing and doing email and doing. I messages. That's what John Syracuse does, except he tethers it to Pearl. <laughs> so that's that's our solution until I've been hearing September nineteenth is when yes. phones will ship or something. So yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably worth waiting on. Yeah, I, I remember when um, my phone got stolen. We were out of town, and I oh, really man. needed a phone. And I, I was just, it was so. I really felt like it was a nadir as a nerd going into an AT&T store in Hawaii and having to buy a new phone right at the end of the cycle, like right before the announcements were going to come. Mm. It was so dopey. But uh, I'm sorry about that. Did you try the, uh, did you try your gel again? Uh, not again. I was sort of figured it, people were, the, the people on Twitter said it was due to things like internal corrosion and other things shorting out and Battery hey, no, hey, no, no. <laughs> Internal corrosion. You like that? It's good. I've done, I've done so much more. See, I feel like I should do more kind of gothy stuff. Dan's wife's phone is dead. <clears throat> <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, it's better. How is your, how's your pinch? Uh, I can't feel my hand anymore. Uh, what? I mean, well, I don't feel like I need to feel it that much. I, transitively or, or intransitively, I can, just, I can just hit it on a desk. I don't even feel it anymore. I think it's, I think it's moved into to pure permanent nerve damage at this point. Are you serious? I don't know. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll, it'll shake out in a couple of years. And you just, or, or I'll get a different injury and I'll notice that more. <sighs> yeah. Have you, <clears throat> you been to 
a doctor or anything? Yeah, sure, Dan. I've been to like five doctors because that's how I roll. Mm. I, I should do it. No, I should do it. I should do it. I think. Okay, I let think, me ask you this. Are, yes. Is the reason you don't want to go to a doctor because you don't like them or because you're afraid that they will tell you that it is something serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. I don't because I'm with dis- you. I'm with you on all of that. I'm dis- with you. Like the people, just the experience. You got to go. You have to call. You yeah. have to park. You sit and fill out forms. Yeah. It really, it really feels like oh, we got you back in the machine now, buddy. You're back. Thought you could stay away and be healthy, but you're back. You're filling out forms now, Johnny. No, yeah, I'm with I should you. do that. No, I'm gonna write that down. Uh, go to doctor. Okay. <clears throat> Did you want to tell me about anything that you particularly like? There is something that I like, and it's, uh, it's called Harry's. And here's the thing. A mm. lot of us, men and women, for whatever reason, we shave. We, uh, <laughs> it's true. That's no, think about it. Probably the oddest observation I think I've ever Put heard. it into perspective. Mm. It's uncomfortable. It causes nicks. You've got cuts. You've got scrapes. You've got the, uh, the dreaded razor burn. I think pretty much everybody in the audience can relate to this, even the youngsters. Yes. And this is where Harry's comes in. Started by two guys. All they wanted to do was make a better product, and they, they didn't want to pay an arm and a leg for it. So here's what they do. They may, A, they make their own blades. Two, they like the blades so much that they purchased this factor in Germany. Now that's their own stuff. It's high-quality, high-performing blades. These guys have become shaving experts. And if you yeah, and AA two and four, yes. let me just say they're really cheap. They're they're half the let me price. Take that back. They are not costly. They are inexpensive. They are I would estimate about half the price. The, the that uh, that nonsense I was uh, paying for from those jackals over at Gillette. No offense. No, I've, well, I've, I've been on that taken. Gillette. I've been on that Gillette teat for since college. It's brutal. It every is every brutal. time they had a blade, they had a soap strip. I better get bad. This is going to be better, and the, because the blades are better. You will get a better shave, A, and uh, next, you're going to spend less money. So this is, this is what they're all about. They ship it for free to your front door. You get this starter set, which is what I recommend. 15 bucks, you're going to get a razor. You're going to get their special uh, fancy shaving cream, which is wonderful. And you're going to get three blades, and they will last you a long time. Why pay like 32 bucks for an eight-pack of blades when it's half the price over at Harry's and the blades are better? You're going to save like 150 bucks a year. Which, for all those people who are listening to the show at 1.5 times speed, they will appreciate that. Oh, sickening. Bothers me. So experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and they will get, uh, give you $5 off if you use the special coupon code COMICS. One word, COMICS. comics. So doing that supports the show. You spend half as much money. You're saving $150 a year. You're getting this cool thing. And... If you are fancy, you will get your razor shaving kit engraved, which is really, really good. I wanted to experience this myself, so that's what I got, and uh, and I have my initials engraved right on it. So you can every do that every too. razor, like not every on every blade. It's just on it's on the uh, the beautiful handle, and this is a, this is a nice handle. It's not it's not flimsy. It's not chintzy. It's really nice. You keep this. The handle's really great. So go to Harry's Harry's dot com. Code to use is comics. Save five bucks. Go check them. Dan Benjamin. Uh, you know, um, our friend Marco, I think, yeah, I hope he's still a friend of the show. Our friend Marco uh, was talking about this on um, ATP, the Accidental Tech Podcast. And he said something uh, very Marco that I happen to really agree with. Like, I don't shave that often. But one nice thing when you're paying something like two bucks a blade instead of like four or five bucks a blade is that, you know, you can actually be fancy enough that you maybe use a new blade every time. Can I give you a life hack, Dan? Go for it. Here's a life hack. The thing that's going to take the most edge off your razor is stuff like, I would say, like your sideburns. The stuff where like you first start trimming your sideburns. I would say, I'm not a shaving expert, as you know, but I would say if you start with your previous blade, your older blade that's already in there, start by like trimming off the especially coarse and difficult hair. Not the sensitive under the chin area, but I would say if you say take your old blade and like start by getting off all the, uh, the big heavy stuff and then switch to a new blade, use that new blade to go after like the, under the nose and all those places that are extra sensitive. So that's saying, where you, you want. You, so mid-shave, you're swapping out blades. I'm doing all kinds of stuff like that. I'm operating on a lot of, a lot of levels, Dan. I shave in the shower. I have, I have a shower shaving mirror. 
uh, have a have a, a brush and, and cream and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You built built the purpose. So I uh, that's a hack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should just let you do them. I don't know why I talk. No, I, I like but it. It adds a lot I, to the uh, to the spot. Thank you. You probably get a lot of feedback from people. Thank you for having Merlin carry on for the end a little bit there. No, they like that. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Email. Subject 52 found keys. It has been brought to our attention that someone has found a set of keys on the first floor of the building. Contact Pam. <laughs> 52 found keys. I usually get at least three of these emails a day. Someone's lights are on in the garage. Oh, that's nice. And I'm supposed to disseminate this to my all of my employees oh you're the you're the portal you're mm-hmm. the uh you're the uh the juncture you're the uh conduit if you like yeah did i fin- did i send you i did i sent you a picture of the uh the follow-up about the bathroom uh uh door thing the oh, war. I, I, we don't have to go into it here but. no i i encouraged you if i can if i may say i encouraged yeah. you offline as to we post say, it to, yeah. to publish it i will because it's it's a gone it's gone from uh kind of silly to super bananas and and, I, and it's getting ugly I think they might have to call in the National Guard, and that never helps. Uh, things have gotten really ugly in your bathroom. What no, really, yeah. Um, tell them what happened. All right, so, uh, well, a quick summary. What happened uh, initially is, uh, yeah, I've talked about this, I won't go into detail now. People, no longer me, uh, they, in order to not have to touch the discussing men's room door, they will use a paper towel and because there's no little receptacle trash can or anything anywhere near the door on inside or outside or anything, like all of the other bathrooms on every other part of the, this, they, the men will discard the paper towel on the floor. And this angered somebody. And they started leaving sort of serial killer-esque notes written in different, different markers, different colors, and they were taping them to the door. And then, uh, long story short, after the show last week, I was actually recording the show with you last week. And uh, uh, plausible deniability. Well, my developer in here uh, came from the bathroom and held up uh, his phone and uh, and and on he had a picture. And so after uh, I went out and somebody had taped up uh, another note in just the same kind of crazy writing, crazy penmanship, different colors and uh, and had taped next to it. A, the paper towel was now taped up to the door Ugh. leading out of the bathroom. So huh. then uh, we, we went to lunch. We came back from lunch. And the person, I guess, who this is directed toward had taken the note, crumpled it, thrown it to the ground with about a dozen paper towels down on the ground and ta- had taped up on the door itself a picture of Bugs Bunny with a war helmet on. And on it in the sort of MAME style, you know, the big block letters that they do whenever they're making. Of course, you realize this means war. And Mm. that remained there, just that by itself for almost a week. Oh, God. So things are ramping up. On your floor, this is happening. It's on my floor. But yeah, plausible So many towels on the floor. I know. It was really gross. I know. Yeah. I was going to bagel with my kid the other day at a place that I'm not going to go back to. This place, you know, you can always get a feel for like, you know, if, if you can see that the place looks like filthy and badly kept up, yeah, you got to wonder what's happening in the actual kitchen. Ugh. And the guy who had just taken my order, I'm pretty sure he didn't wash his hands between the money and the bagel. Mm. And, uh, but, but I saw him- No, uh, they never do. Ch- ch- chatting amiably with a coworker while he <laughs> took things out of his pockets and threw the trash on the floor. Oh. He had restaurant trash in his pockets, oh. and he just and, and the thing was, it was he wasn't like mad. It was just the thing he was doing. It was like he was just grooming himself or something. <sighs> he was just taking like like plastic wrap and old gloves and just throwing them on the ground. I you know right I, by the cash register. It was I, super weird. There a lot of the restaurants that I go to, the the uh, people who are working there wear the um, the latex style like in the kitchen type gloves. They'll still work the cash register and take money from people and like grab the broom. I'm like, Ugh. are they wearing the gloves to protect themselves or to yes. protect yes. us? You know, no, like, no, no. It's to protect themselves. They do it at our Safeway too. Everybody wears gloves. Filthy, filthy gloves. That's for them, not for us. Yeah, I guess so. Taking they turn it. <laughs> um. So I have. I, I had. I had something. Okay. That is, I'm not sure how to feel about, but I didn't. I didn't want to step on your 
you know, I put the blue light uh, screen article in there. I didn't know if you wanted to do that, but I have this other one. Well, let's hear it. All right. Uh, and we've got to get out of here before the world changes. Oh, I know. All right. So this is uh, my, my friend, uh, Brian Alvey, on Twitter, who I worked with a number of years ago. He is one of the uh, – he's, he's like a famous guy, rich guy now. Big deal. He's nice. And he, he retweeted somebody. There's a woman – I think because she posted all this on Facebook, it's okay. Her name is Karen. And uh, apparently on August 18th, 2014, their house uh, burned to the ground. They lost pets in the house and it was a a full house fire. They lost everything. So terrible. Uh, All the people were fine. And Karen's daughter, an 18-year-old daughter, lost her iPhone 5S in the fire. And she apparently had worked and saved to buy the phone and had got it in, I guess, November, had Apple Care on it. And they went to uh, the Apple store in the Natick Mall in Massachusetts. And they apparently tried to explain the situation to one of the Apple employees. And the employee cut off the daughter in, mid- in mid-sentence and said, if you don't have a phone to turn in, then it can't be exchanged or repaired, so we can't replace it. Apparently, there was no sympathy or apology along with it, but... It was simply like, sorry, like you don't have a phone. We can't, you know, Apple Care works based on your phone. So if, if, if you show up and like my phone was burned up in a fire, the, the response by this employee at this Apple store was SOL. Sorry, can't help you. Move, move along. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the, the mom, Karen, is a, a very upset by, I, I don't know if she's more upset by the fact that there were there was no sympathy or communal sharing of emotion or at the policy itself but this is something that immediately after i read it um and of course all the comments on this post i'll put the post in the show notes all the comments on this post are like well, i won't buy from apple ever again now after hearing about this type of thing but i wonder you know which which is the the part that's bad the part that the apple care policy is if you don't have a phone for us to replace, replace or repair, then how can we fulfill our Apple Care obligation? Like that's the policy, right? You can't just show up and be like, "Oh yeah, my dog ate my phone, so can I have a new one?" Well, but this is an extreme kind of a circumstance, and wouldn't you think Apple, the company with you know hundreds of billions of dollars in the bank, couldn't give a person a new phone? This is just a, one of those issues that makes me think about customer service, which makes me bring up my. Um, my, my Mighty Feinberger experience, which I wanted to share and, and compare the two. And do you tell me what you think. Mm, okay. I went to I, th- my- I think, just so you know, I'm about a third, third of the way into a stroke right now. So Mighty Feinberger, is that, a, is that a place you eat? It's a place you eat. It's a really, really great burgers. They do. And they have, they have phones? No. They do gluten-free buns, though. And, uh, okay. and, and so I went in there. I didn't order. I could tell that the guy taking the order maybe was new. Hadn't seen him before. I know the place pretty well because it's around the corner from work and we go there way too many times a week. I had, didn't recognize the guy. He seemed like he was doing okay putting the order in. But, uh, and I, you know, these guys, they're, they're great. Never made a mistake. And this was the weekend. So I had gone there. I was picking up the food. I was driving it home. Drove from the place back to the house, opened it up. First burger, good. Next to burger, you know, little baby burger I get from my little girl, which has no bun, it's just a patty because that's the way she has to have it. Contains, contains no baby. Right. And, uh, and opened it up. Other two had the regular buns, not gluten-free buns, even though I was very careful, like I always am, to say all of this is gluten-free and then specify it again. So I'm, I drive back, get in the car, drive back, call the guy. Hang on. I call the guy. I'm hanging on. I just, I, there's a pattern. It's <laughs> starting to emerge. All right. Tell me about the pattern after because I don't see it. And then, okay. and I said to the guy, I said, to the, I'm driving back. I call the guy. I'm like, listen. You were, no, just to be clear, you were very specific with him. That, that You did the right thing by telling him that should definitely be gluten-free, right? I said, I said, this is gluten. I, the whole order is gluten-free. He said, okay. And then when I order each one, I say gluten-free bun and then red, yellow, no onions, and then it goes through. So that's how he does it. So I tell him each one. And, I, and then they put – they have a special sticker that they put on it that's like about their gluten-free thing. He put, I watched him put the sticker on each bag. Somehow, to the burgers, regular bun. So I, uh, I called a guy on the phone. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm coming back in. Uh, I just wanted to let you know this happened. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Let me make it, uh, let me make it right. I said, yeah, no problem. I just you – know, I'm on my way back. He's like, okay. So he says, what was your order? I told him, listen to what he did. I'm, as I'm driving up, 
I see he what comes. Uh, he's standing by the door already. He's looking around. He's looking around. I get out of the car. He's like, "Are you Dan?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Here's your order." Has it already in the bag? Standing outside the restaurant, waiting for me as I pull up. Hands me a gift certificate card and is like, "Here, this will take care of today and give you the next meal for free." And it was like thirty bucks. And I was blown away because he totally didn't have to do that. It was way beyond what I was. I just wanted the right burgers. Like I wasn't expecting anything else. I wasn't angry or anything when I called him and he was super nice the whole time. So here's, here's what I'm saying. Relatively speaking, two burgers for mighty fine burger or four, if you count the two that were made to, to be getting rid of is probably about the same cost as an iPhone would be for Apple. Maybe it's less if you think about it. So why wouldn't they give this lady a new, a new phone? Um, Work, walk me through this. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I'm not sure what I'm walking you through. Come on. <clears throat> well. You see the connections. I'll take the second question first. Go ahead. I think the way they handled that was really nice. That's for, for an, uh, a company, a business like that. That, I mean, I hate to sound like Johnny Customer Service, but like that's a really nice way to handle it. I thought is, so. Yeah, yeah. It's to make you feel taken care of. And uh, I don't know. I think that's nice. There's a, there's a song. Sign at my uh, daughter's school. There's many, many, many signs at my daughter's school, and one of the ones I like a lot. Uh, says it's uh, basically a poster on how to apologize, which I, I could definitely learn from. And it says that an apology uh, should have three parts. The first part is you say I'm sorry, and the second part is you say it was my fault, and the third part is you say what can I do to make it better. And I think it's part of restorative practices. It's it's a it's a nice thing. And uh, you know, I, I, that's an if if you were going to try and have a recipe for an apology, that's a pretty good place to start, because a lot of us get one of those things wrong. Frequently, it, we start out by saying, "Well, I'm sorry you feel that way," uh, implying number two, it's not really my fault, and number three, I care at all about what needs to be done to fix it. <clears throat> so that doesn't that that's not really a very particularly solid uh, canonical apology. So I would say for a company like that, that's a that's a really great way to deal with it. And you know, again, there's it, it, it's a classic customer service story, the kind you read about in douchebag books, where you go like, you know, you could go to that place twenty times and have it go mostly okay. And now what you're going to remember, you might have remembered the time they really screwed up your uh, your, your gluten order, but now you're really going to remember that they took care of you. And more importantly, now you're going to tell people that, and that's a nice thing. Yeah. That's how Nordstrom's got you know to be the way that they right. are. For all their, you know, probably apocryphal stories about accepting returns on snow tires, which they don't even sell, all those kinds of stories. Um, so I think that was really nice. I'm glad that turned out the way it did. It's, it's, you know, and and also I like the idea that they. This is just one of my own kind of pet peeves, but I like the idea <clears throat> that they didn't try to parse it and go, okay, here's two new buns. You know, like they got that. Like, no, well, you know, we didn't screw up just two burgers. We kind of screwed up the meal. So, like, here's a whole new meal. Like, that's not necessary. It's probably, you know, not necessarily environmentally sound, I guess, in all cases. But I think that's a nice way to do it. It's a way of saying that, like, we understand that your experience of eating our food has more to it than whether we got the ingredients right. So, I think that was really, really good. Uh, I'm not sure how it relates to the other anecdote. Well, it it relates in the sense of, and and this this is where my brain makes the connection, is it, it's about, in a way, it's about customer service. It's about doing something that was above and beyond what I felt or what a, as a customer might feel was called for. If I don't feel, for example, that because my amazing three-year-old threw our phone into the toilet that Apple, because I don't, I did not have Apple Care on it. Maybe if I had, they would have. But like that was something stupid that I did. Having a phone burnt up in a fire is not something stupid that that you did in in any stretch of the imagination. Would would you think that certain rules should be bent? Uh, the fact that they are showing up without a phone and oh, oh by the way the house was condemned and they couldn't go into it to look around and see if oh, they could find God. the phone. Okay, Awful. so so that's why they couldn't bring this burnt to a crisp phone in there uh, with them. They literally had to evacuate instantly to save their lives. Do you think Apple should have given them a phone? By the way, their house fire was on TV and they had news footage of it. So it was like they weren't making it up. Um, what do you think? Like, should Apple have just said, here, here's a new, here's a new phone. Gosh, what a, t- a terrible story. You know, there's this picture of, uh, of Patrick Stewart uh, hugging this kid wearing Vulcan ears. 
It was a make a wish, oh, make a wish that. thing. That's, that's sweet. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. Uh, I wish John Syracuse were here. I know. Um, well, I, who doesn't? I always wish that. Who yeah. doesn't? Um, well, I guess I would answer your question with a question, which is if, if you feel, as I think you probably feel, that the answer is Apple should have given her a new phone, or, or certainly done more than they did. But if you, let's say, let's take it as the easiest one, which is, it seems like you're saying you think maybe Apple should have given her a new phone. I personally do not think so. But I'm wondering if, if that's oh. because I'm a, a horrible person. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think they were obligated to do that. And the deeper question is, who at Apple should have given her a new phone? Is the, is the real question. Because do you think that, that genius is empowered to just give phones to people based on whether they were had stories that were on TV. Like that would be, that would be chaos. If you had a system where somebody who'd been working there for a couple of days was in a position to decide, oh, we can give up, give away up to five sympathy replacements this month. Cause it's not covered by Apple care. That's an, that's a home insurance thing. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it's a horrible event. I feel, I don't want to sound like a Grinch about this, but you know, it's, I, I just don't know who at Apple at what level they'd make that decision. I mean, God knows probably at this point, Based on the bad publicity, they probably are bending over backwards, but I don't know. I'm not, uh, it sounds like they could have been nicer about it, but did you read, um, related to this? I just put this in show notes. Um, Wednesday the 3rd, Gruber had a thing here about security trade-offs. Eh, it's an okay, good article. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, you know, the best thing he's written, but <clears> the <throat> interesting thing about, you know, whether people should use iCloud in the wake of the celebrity photo thing. And, uh, but he has one, uh, uh, kind of unsighted but anecdotal thing that I think is very interesting about being a genius when people come in with their unbacked up iPhone. Yeah. Did you see this? Um, so somebody comes in, they've, they've only ever, in his example, and I think this is real, I think this is real, I think there are plenty of people, especially Windows users, who probably plug their phone in long enough to get it activated, and then you don't really need to do any more with it. I mean, the whole beauty of an iPhone today is you don't need a computer to do stuff with it, right? You do it all through the, uh, the Wi-Fi, yeah, yep. as my daughter says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I read that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Google and Wi-Fi are her word for internet. Put it on Wi-Fi. Daddy, take a picture and put it on Wi-Fi. Um, but she, he says something here about uh, you come in with your phone that you've never backed up, you've never hooked up to the cloud. And you know this, this, is, this happened a couple times with my mom and her, her Palm products back in the day where she was not backing up at all. She lost it, and now every contact she had was gone. In this case, you know, he's talking here about people coming in, and without that, he says, this is uh, quoting, this happened to thousands of people. It's why Apple made cloud-based backups. Uh, it's heartbreaking in most cases. I've heard from Genius Bar staffers who eventually left the job because of the stress of dealing with customers suffering data loss. Once it is determined that the photos and videos are irretrievable from the device and have never been backed up, the job of the genius staffer turns from technician to grief counselor. Bereavement is not too strong a word. I think that's really true because, you know, they're the first line of defense, uh, not defense, but they're the first line of people coming in with a completely undiagnosed problem. You know, they probably have to deal, again, nothing against the consumers, but they have to deal with all kinds of different levels of stuff and their training is not going to reflect the ability to help every single person. So I guess I just would say like, okay, if Apple, if that's something Apple should have a policy about, like where would that happen in the decision right. chain? Um, you know, <clears throat> I guess maybe one way is you can always kick it up to a manager to make a, a decision. But if they did that every time somebody lost a phone, I don't know. I mean, just because they have lots of money in the the bank doesn't mean they should give stuff away. No, I, I agree speech. with that. I think, you know, I, and, and again, it, it brings me back to that whole customer service kind of an issue, which is <clears throat> if you have somebody who seems to care a lot that, and, and provide sympathy, that makes people feel, you know, it, we've talked about this back in my old IT days. You know, we used to have Arthur was the SunSpark uh, server. And periodically the, the beam demon would crash and that would disconnect everybody's shared drive from the whole network. Oh, this network. is like telling people the network is off. Yeah. The network was off. So right. if, if I immediately got on the intercom thing and said, um, I'm sorry, we've just had a, a server problem. They're already angry because their drives are gone, right? They're, they can't do work. They can't do anything. Microsoft Word 2.0 has crashed and they can't do anything. So they could basically just now they have to sit around and wait and – you know, it, it, people would start calling and saying this. All they wanted me to hear, all they wanted to hear was me say, I am so sorry. I'm working on this right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. But yeah, 
like, was I genuinely feeling the emotion of being sorry the way I might have if I'd like, you know, the way they were acting is if I'd run over their, the family pet? No. But if I was sincere about, you know, trying to fix their inconvenience, which was my job to do, that's all they wanted to hear. They just wanted to hear that, like, I acknowledged the difficulty that this had created for them and was doing all I could to fix it, even if that meant going to the, you know, the backup tapes to restore stuff before it was going to work. Like, they just wanted to know I cared about the problem and was doing what I could. And I think, you know, the the way that this guy at Mighty Fine Burgers acted, he cared. He went out of his way. He didn't even have me come back in the store. He was outside the store. Like, that's crazy good customer service. And, you know, it you would think that somebody at the Apple store would have been able to say, oh, my gosh, that is so terrible. Uh, there's really nothing we can do. But you know what? I'm just going to go talk to the store manager just to see. I, I can't promise anything, but, you know, and they could And what happens when the store manager says, are you kidding me? There's no way we can do then that. Then you come back and you say, I'm so sorry. I my asked manager, it. My manager is either a jerk or is not empowered to do that. Well, oh, so you're saying that's passing the buck. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, um, you know, if you, it's like, but what I'm saying is in that if you, situation, if you, if you walked into the, the, the good burger and said, Hey, uh, I just had a, I just wrecked my car and that $600 catering order that I just picked up is gone. <laughs> Can you replace window. it? <laughs> right. And they go, Oh, of course, well, obviously <laughs> we'll replace that. I mean, it's just, a, I don't know how that would scale up. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, gosh, I would not want to say anything. That sounds like these people had a terrible experience, yeah. but I'm not sure I would want to use that as the basic case for how to build a multi-billion dollar company in terms of customer service. Because yeah. in the defense of these folks, you know, it, it varies a lot. Like anything in, you know, dealing with technology or customer service, there's a wide range of help that you can or will get from mm-hmm. geniuses. But I'm frequently amazed when, I, when I'm in there and <laughs> I always see the people walking through the mall with an iMac in a box, yeah. and you're like, oh, you poor bastard. You're headed to the Apple Store, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Like, you've had this thing for three years. You've never done anything to it, and now it doesn't work. So you just put it in a box and brought it to the Apple Store. This isn't working, you know? And they're incredibly patient. They're incredibly, uh, I, I think their training is pretty good. They seem very kind. When my daughter went there, I told you we had a field trip to the Apple Store. Terrible idea. They were about as patient as I could imagine 25-year-old people with tattoos being yeah. with five-year-old kids. They were great. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I, you know, I, I get what you're saying about wanting it to be, uh, you know, kinder, but I, because if, I just, if they, if the answer is we can't, we can't replace your phone without a phone <laughs> to replace, we can be very, very sympathetic about it though. How? Like, well, I mean, so you, I think you, this lady just wanted her to be nice about it. I think she wanted her to not treat it as a purely business transaction and to be like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry that it, there's there's nothing we can do without a phone. But wow, what a tar- horrible experience. God, that must have been – like that's – from reading this post, if you read it, that's what she wanted. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would propose that the Apple employee – I wasn't there. But I would propose that the Apple employee should have taken that, that route. Yeah. I guess so. You know, uh, I just looked this up. Matthew twenty five forty. Uh, the king will reply, "Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did to me, um, did for me." So I think that's something we've seen a lot in the years. Once again, you know, to justice issues. I think you could say that you can judge. You know, people will often say you can judge a, a culture, a community, a country based on how they treat the most kind of downtrodden members of society. I think that's kind of an old Dickens idea, something Dickens picked up. But yeah, you right. know, just the just the idea that you know we sh- maybe shouldn't always judge people by the time we handled it best, but how we systematically maybe didn't handle it well. But I, I just this is really an unsatisfying answer. But I, I just I don't I don't know how you would do that at, at like a corporate level because yeah. the other problem is <clears throat> now I sound like a lawyer or something, but like you wouldn't want to give them like f- false hope. I mean. The sometimes the nicest answer you can give somebody is no, because there's not much more you can do about it. And you'd be like stringing them along. Like, you know, like if you were a doctor and and somebody came in with a fatal injury, would you be, you know, being nice to them to say, let me talk to my manager? No, you would try to like, obviously be as, uh, you know, as humane as you could be, but you can't change the reality of it. And Apple's not an insurance company, you know? 
I don't know. See, now I feel like a jerk. No, I mean, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. That's the. It's funny how that happens, though, because then you will hear these stories about where something like that gets around, and then the company goes out of their way to you know, do something to fix it. But, geez, I don't know. What a downer. Yeah. Matthew 2540. I'll look it up. Yeah. Did you want to tell me about something else you like? I would like to tell you about a little company, brand new uh, little company called uh, Squarespace. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys make it really easy for you to create a website of any kind. You want to sell something, they've got e-commerce built in. You want to uh, run a podcast, you can do that right there. If you want to, if you're a band and you want to upload your album, built-in player for all that, it's done. Or if you just want to make a blog or a website for your company or you know a coming soon page for your iOS app, whatever it is, they're going to make it really, really, really easy to do this. They've got beautiful designs. They've got drag and drop content, 24-7 support through live chat and email, They've got offices in New York City, in Dublin, and in Portland. Plans start at just 8 bucks a month. That inf- includes a free domain name, see, if you sign up for a whole year. And every single one of their templates, which you can completely customize with little sliders without having to do any HTML and CSS, all of them are built with responsive design. So that means they're going to look great on your Android device, on your brand new iOS device, on your iWatch, they're going to scale perfectly for everything, every browser all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, and they really are gorgeous designs, and they're always coming out with new ones. We got a preview of some things that are coming down uh, the, the pipe for these guys, and it's, it's really, really, really cool. There's never been a better time to try it out. Uh, here's what you do. You go to squarespace.com, and you're going to get 10% off if you use the code It's Your Show, all one word. It's your show. You can also go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Just doing that will support this show. And uh, we sure do appreciate it. I host baconmethod.com uh, and another uh, few other sites there. Really, really as easy as pie to do this stuff. So go check them out. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Code for 10% off. It's your show. Starts at eight bucks a month. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting Back to work with Merlin Mann. Roderick on the line. Yeah, they, they are so good. <laughs> I mean, boy, if no other reason, boy, just support them because they're, they're so good to the podcasting the podcasting community. They are. I'm so glad there's not a podcasting community. When you, can you imagine that? People riding around in golf carts, like interviewing people. Like a, like a retirement community for podcasters. Like a retirement community for podcasters. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think they like, call that XOXO. Talkie, oh, yeah. I got a new place over at Talkie Acres 3 and 4. Uh-huh. Yeah. XOXO. You're going to XOXO, right? I am going there, yeah. Yeah. So is Jason Snell, I found out. (laughs) You weren't informed that he was going. No, I was not informed. Oh, that's an odd response. I'm going to be in Boston doing a talk. Are you going to hang out with uh, with John Syracuse? I can't say. Um, But uh, I'm going to go there. Andy Anako is going to be speaking at this thing, too. Mm -hmm. And I hear there's a really good comic store. Uh, It's in Waltham. Um, mass. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a good comic store there. So hopefully I'll get some hang time with some fun people. Um, good speakers, fun event. I don't know if they got any slots left. Uh, what's the name of it? It's called the E for E developer conference. I think, uh, constant contact is putting it on. My friend, Sean Hussey is doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And yeah, it's at engineering engineers for engineers with a numeral four. Dot org. I'll put that in show notes. Very cool. Good, good lineup. Uh, I'll be there. Michael Lobb, Katrina Owen, Abby uh, Fitchner. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Ethan Marcotte, or Marcotte, as I say. Beep, from the internet. Yeah, he's, he's great. There. I'm going to meet him. I've never met him. Oh, he's super cool. No, I know him from the internet, so I get to see if he's a real person. Andy Nako's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be good. And other, uh, other people here on this page indicating. Mm-hmm. I feel bad now. Maybe should we should we go? Uh, well, do just a, I'll edit that whole part out. We don't that won't air. We could go do uh, what do they call it? Patriot.com. You go and you get money together and give somebody something. You do kick kick stomper. You could we could go and uh, buy her a phone. Is that something we should do? Yeah, let's get her a phone. Let's get the let's kid get her a phone. phone. Yeah, come on, you guys. September twelfth, going to Massachusetts. Got to fly. <laughs> Is this still the show? You worried about flying or? No, no, it's, you know, uh, oh, hey, hey, Sean, we're all sold out, says Sean, last name withheld. Um, thank you, Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean's listening to the show. Isn't that nice? That is nice. He's a big shot. You know, he's a developer. So all sold out. Uh, you know, it's okay. I was kind of hoping we could talk about my talk on the show today. I don't think we have time now, but I, I need help finishing it. I'll, but, uh, I'll, I think I'll it's help gonna you be finishing good. up. 
No, I pretty much, I pretty much got it nailed, except for being finished. But you know, I, I should finish it because I have to give it in a couple of days. That's it's the finishing that's hard. That's the hardest part of a project. You know, I do. I it's a really chaotic process. It involves a lot of me walking clockwise around a table and talking to myself, and then sometimes some index cards. You know, to to figure things out. But uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm in that enviable position, enviable position of having way too much stuff to say, believe it or not. Yeah. So I got to, you know, pare it down. Boy, since like the first half, we really had a show and then we, you know. Well, that's my fault as usual. No, no, no. No, no, I hear, no. I'm reading between the lines. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, we can get a gluten-free pizza here, but they'll only do small and medium size. Yeah, I don't know why. It's personal. Yeah, I think, <laughs> no, I think I did the right thing in that case. I don't have the taste for pizza like I used to. Hmm. Well, you got the problem with the onions. You get the problems with, uh, you know, eating the whole pizza. Oh, and the beer. Yeah, and the beer. Yeah, enteric-coated aspirin. Yeah. You got anything else? Let me see here. Nope. I'll screw it. Are you excited for the big event? I am excited. Oh, we're allowed. Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're uh, we're all very excited here. Yeah. I enjoy the... um, the events. I enjoy the events and I enjoy the products. The run-up to it and people talking about it um, is uh, excruciating. <laughs> but hearing people's predictions about something that everyone will know in 24 hours will never stop seeming bananas to me. You know? <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah, I didn't do a prediction show we're gonna this find year out. at all. We're going to find out. Well, we don't need that because they're going to tell us yeah. and then we'll know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a sports mentality kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I think it'll be, uh, it'll, be, it'll be super interesting. And, you know, the, the part that I always look forward to is knowing, is like I kind of don't care what everybody predicted that everybody thinks is going to happen. Uh, but I, I'm always amazed when they can pull off something that nobody saw coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, and somehow they seem to manage to do that a, a lot. Um, so I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. Who do you like to follow? Do you follow live blogs? Oh, yeah. I try to. Um, the Verge does a real good one. And then uh, Andy Nako usually tweets and, and posts notes about it, which is fun because he's he's got a really cool perspective on the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just sort of reporting this person said this. I try to find the sites that have the least amount of sort of jokiness of like, oh, Tim is going to say this next. Well, not like, you know, like. Right. I, I just want to. I just want to see what's happening. But see now that they they live stream it now, so I I follow fewer of them, and I just sort of sit back and watch the live stream. But we're going to be like doing a mystery science three thousand thing over it. Oh, good, good, good. So I like. Um, I always perennially now that it seems like all the sites have kind of solved through the right product choices have solved the whole kind of scaling problem. Mm-hmm. It used to be like you'd follow whichever one was still up. But um, I really like the Macworld one. I think um, they do a great job. Jason and Dan, I think Serenity's taking photos this year. I think they do a good job. I enjoy, and I enjoy, you know, as an incomparable fan, I just enjoy their, uh, uh, as you say, chemistry. But it'll be exciting. We'll see what happens. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very interested in what the kind of health angle on this stuff is going to be. I've got, an, I've got two apps on my phone right now that can take my pulse. And it's really, really weird and futuristic. Have you seen these apps? I have seen them. I don't use them because, like, to me, I don't want to get a current status of my health at any given time. I don't count my <laughs> steps anymore. I don't even remember I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, I just want to kind of move through the day without being worried about that because, like, I, I figure, you know, if, so if my pulse rate's too high, like, then I'm going to stress out about that. No, you're absolutely right. I just, I, I'm saying I, I like it as a novelty. The Wythings app and um, another app I use that I got this is called Cardio. It's called like Cardio uh, for naming reasons. But it's, have, you used, have you used them though? It's crazy. You just put your fingertip over the camera and not too hard. You don't push too hard and it can do your pulse. And the Cardio has another one where you can point it at your eyes. Have you seen this? No. And it can, it can take your pulse... You put your, have your head fit the little, you know, size of the screen. It shows you how to do it. And then I guess it sees something with light changes as it reflects off of your eyes. It can do your, if, you, if, you, if it's not an iPhone, if it's your iPad, uh, it'll do it by using your eyes. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't no. want, I don't want anyone knowing about that, including me, really. <laughs> you should, you should have a privacy policy with yourself. 
certain things even I can't learn or know. Right, send it over to lawyers. Let them figure it out. Yeah, I don't care about them. Yeah, me neither. Whatever they want to do is fine. Okay, you want to button this up? Yeah, sure. Okay, I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man.